Hello, and welcome to Single and Unashamed. My name is Beth, and I'm a Jesus follower who also happens to be single. I have ridden the wild roller coaster that is the emotions around singleness, and I think it's high time that we start talking about it more because the truth is that being single isn't a sin. It isn't a disease, and it doesn't define someone's value. While I've never actually thought it was a sin or a disease, I have doubted my value because of my singleness. And for more of my life than I care to admit, I was rattled with insecurities because I was still single. A lot of this comes from growing up and living in a Christian culture that frankly can idolize marriage. It comes from growing up with practically every movie, TV show, or book I watched or read, having a main plotline of happily ever after. And it comes from me looking for validation and love from a source that was never meant to satisfy me. I may still ride that roller coaster now and then, but I've got a healthier perspective now. A perspective that is rooted in the truth of who I am in Christ. A perspective that doesn't begrudge the story that God is writing with me. A perspective that has allowed me to fully enjoy life as it is, as a single woman, rather than waiting for it to magically start when I get married. I know I can't help every teen, college student, or yearning adult avoid all the heartbreak and tears I've experienced along the way, but I can start the conversation so hopefully more people can stop waiting for life to start when they finally get married and start living a full life now, single and unashamed. Each episode, I'll be having a conversation with a new guest talking about their experience with singleness, with the hope that these conversations will bring you closer to the truth that nothing is wrong with you if you are single and that you find people to relate to and learn from. Today's guest is a dear friend of mine, Allie. Please say hi and introduce yourself. Hi, Beth. Uh, My name is Allie, like you said. Um, I am 33. I'm a licensed nurse and certified health coach and life coach, and I am currently living in the Dallas area, but I'm getting ready to move back to Northwest Arkansas, so I'm very excited. I feel like I'm going home. Um, Yeah, and I'm excited to be doing this podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. I'm thrilled to have you here. Um, Would love people just to get to know you a little bit more, so whether serious or funny, what's something that you're passionate about? Ooh, right now I would say I'm passionate about Stranger Things (laughs) on Netflix. Yes. Oh my gosh, I'm obsessed. We won't give any spoilers. Nope, no spoilers. I am obsessed and did love the last season. Yes, yes. I might have watched it more than once already. It's so good. Oh, I love that. I love that. I do want to go back and watch it again. All right. Uh, One thing I like to do with my guests is um, some kind of funny rapid fire questions. So I've got four questions for you. Ready for these? Okay. Yep. Bring them on. Okay. Uh, What's your favorite color? Dark purple. What do you say? Soda or pop? Uh, Soda. Yeah. Soda. Does your toilet paper hang over or under? (gasps) Over. If it's under, I switch it. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. And then lastly, what's one of your favorite shows? And you can't say Stranger Things because we already talked about that. 
Oh man. Okay. Uh, friends. That's my go-to. Yeah. I love friends. I knew that you were, I knew you were going to say that. Yes. We have gone to this yep. about a whole lot. We yeah. have, we have. Uh, all right. Well, we're going to dive into what we're here to talk about. And so just to start us out, Allie, tell us your experience of what single life singleness has been like for you. Um, just kind of in different seasons in your life. Yeah, sure. Um, <clears throat> So I didn't date a whole lot um, in high school, college age, even early 20s. Um, I definitely had crushes, <laughs> but I went on, I would go on dates, but it never really went anywhere. Um, <clears throat> and then I, like, in the last few years, I just haven't really known very many single guys. Um, but during my like early mid twenties, there were definitely like guys that asked me out that I either went on one date and then was done, or I said no. I admit that I didn't even give them a chance. But I felt like the Lord gave me that freedom and was like, no, I don't think this is. You don't have to do this, um, because I wasn't interested. And um, the guys that I was interested in. I like there were a couple that I really, really liked at, at different times. And I did end up telling them that I liked them. And it just, again, never worked out, whether it was geography or, you know, uh, feeling feelings were not mutual or whatever it was. So um, yeah, I just haven't dated a whole lot. Like I said, recently, I really have not known I feel like they've like, Every like all the guys are like my age around thirty three are either married or have disappeared, <laughs> and so I don't think that I mean I know that's not true, but like I haven't changed my lifestyle. Like I am not I didn't become a hermit in my thirties, and so I don't know really what's going on. It's kind of funny to me, but um, sadly, you know, I the few guys that I do know who are single just aren't really stepping up and that's a bummer, but, um, yeah, I've done the online dating. I've tried the dating apps and kind of the same thing. Like it just didn't never go anywhere. Um, I either like the guy is a dud and doesn't know how to carry on a conversation or like I've been ghost. I, I feel like I hear guys saying like, girls are so mean on dating apps. And I'm like, it goes both ways, people. <laughs> so I've been ghosted. I've been like, I've literally been stood up. Like I was at the restaurant. That is a I good feeling. Not really. So anyways, like it just, yeah, I, I don't do online dating anymore. I've just been like, yeah, that's not really my thing. So that's, yeah. 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 So tell me as you, you know, and we can even just stay current. Well, no, let's go back a little bit further. As you were in your mid 20s, so um, what kind of like what thoughts did you have about yourself being single? Maybe what worries did you have? Or maybe you didn't have any worries? Because, you know, I know for me, I was like, it's okay that I'm 20 something and not married because I don't see myself yeah. getting married till I'm 30. So what were some of those thoughts in your kind of mid twenties about yourself or about your singleness that you had? Yeah. Um, mid twenties. I 
honestly, I feel like a gift from the Lord was that I was most of the time pretty content in my singleness. It's like you said, like I wasn't really worried about it. Um, I definitely had that desire to date and I just don't feel like I was yeah, that worried about it. Um, I know I had my moments, my days or whatever of like, what's, am I doing something wrong? Am I like, you know, I, I tend to put it on me, like there's something wrong with me. And so I definitely had those moments, but, um, I'm thankful that overall, you know, the Lord gave me a lot of patience and, um, yeah, I don't know. It mid twenties, I feel like I was like, okay, it's just not happening yet. <laughs> and then we hit late twenties. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. So tell me more about that. How did those those thoughts about yourself or about your singleness change as you got closer and closer to thirty? Yeah, I think those those lies just continued to grow. Of the lies being like I'm doing something wrong or there's something wrong with me. And so the older I got, the harder it was to block those out or to focus on the truth, which is there is nothing wrong with me. Like, (laughs) um, and yeah. And seeing your close friends, a lot of your close friends getting married and having kids, it, it, it is hard. Um, because I remember my counselor teaching me that it's okay to grieve the life that you thought you would have by now. Um, yeah. Because I thought, I just need to be thankful. I just need to trust that the Lord has a plan. And I didn't make room for that grief of it's okay to have want to want these things. But I also learned that wallowing in those feelings is where it becomes unhealthy because growth cannot happen when you're wallowing and feeling sorry for yourself. And so it's just finding that balance. That's good. Yeah. I think we get really stuck and I don't know if this is a Western mindset or maybe just a human mindset to some point that we get stuck with the either or, right? Like, Mm-hmm. You can't both be sad in this instance that you're single and, mm-hmm. and grieve that, grieve what you thought life would look like, and also invest in a full, vibrant life in your present yeah. circumstance. And so, I, yeah, I think we get stuck in like an either or. And the truth is that there. Mm-hmm reality can be the and piece. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I, I've, I've experienced the like people meeting well, but kind of ignorant about the comments that they make where <clears throat> they assume that I'm sad all the time. And like, mm. yes, I want to make space for my sadness. Um, and I talk to my close circle people, you know, my trusted friends about those feelings, but, you know, other people that are practically strangers or, you know, distant family members or whoever it is will make comments that are like, oh, just hang in there or he's right around the corner or, you know, just 
keep having faith, like trust more or pray more or whatever it is. And I'm like, that's not, <laughs> that's not a good thing to say to singles. Um, yeah. Cause it's like, they, they expect, yeah, it, they expect us to just be sad all the time, I guess. And it's like, well, we, there's joy. There's still joy in singleness too. So. Yeah. That you, it, it wouldn't be conceivable that someone who's single could possibly be happy. Right. Or fulfilled in the, in their singleness, right. That they have right. to be like constantly yearning for that. Right. Yeah. Um, so you kind of started us down the conversation of some of these stigmas that I think specifically are in the Christian culture. I don't actually know. I've only ever lived in a Christian culture. And so I, I can't yeah. speak to necessarily how this, how the stigmas play out outside of our culture. But um, what are some of these stigmas that you've come up against um, around your singleness? Yeah, I, I'm like you. I, I grew up in the church. And so that's all I've ever known. Um, yeah, I mean, so marriage is a holy, godly thing. And shouldn't we be part of something that is holy and godly? And, you know, marriage is sanctifying. And shouldn't we want to be sanctified and made to be more like Christ? And marriage is an example of Christ's love for his church. And shouldn't we want to be a part of that? <laughs> and and so I think we become very close-minded. Um, you know, we put God in a box thinking that that's the only way um, to be a person and holy, to be sanctified, to love sacrificially like Christ does. But um, God is obviously bigger than that and more creative. And, and I know for me, I've had to retrain my brain um, to not put marriage on the pedestal, but put God himself, Absolutely. you know, marriage, marriage is not best for me. God's plan is best for me. Marriage is not the goal. God and a relationship with him is the goal. You know, God is the peace that makes marriage holy. God is the peace that sanctifies us and calls us into love. And I have just as much of God <laughs> as a married person. So yeah, I think there's a lot of um, shame revolving around singleness um, in Christian circles. And I think, I know for me, what I've experienced um, is because there's so much praise for the husband and wife. And there's so many um, sermons and Sunday school classes and small groups for married people. But there are so few places for singles. Um, I mean, not not many. I think they're they're getting better, but there are not many churches with single ministries. Um, in fact, I used to be a part of a single ministry at a church for years, and it was great. And for whatever reason, I, I never got a clear answer. They um, dissolved the single ministry, even though there were probably like, I don't know, 50 or 60 of us that went every week. And so that was just that was heartbreaking. There were a lot of us that were felt like we were sheep put out to pasture, like we were just wandering <laughs> again. We had to start over, you know, and find um, where to get plugged in. Um, yeah, and something interesting I've observed in conversations about single women, I uh, 
I don't know if it happens with men too. I, I haven't heard that conversation or been a part of that, but um, there's like two aspects that people will talk about. They'll talk about this amazing woman who's in her 30s and 40s, 30s or 40s, and she's super plugged into her ministry or um, she started a foundation or, you know, blah, blah, blah. And she's single. Can you believe that? And it's like shocking to them that this great woman hasn't been, you know, snatched up by now, whether they, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, um, and so it's like, they're equating singleness with like something weird is happening. I don't know. It's, it's interesting. And then there's the flip side that I've also heard where they're taught like, um, and I, I'm, I'm like thinking of specific people I heard talking like this, you know, they'll, talk about how sad it is that this amazing woman is single and that they wish she, you know, could find a husband, but look at all the great things she's doing for the Lord. You know, she's over in a third world country caring for orphans or, you know, whatever it is. It's like too bad she isn't married, but at least she's like going all out for the Lord. And it just, it made me feel like in that moment, I remember feeling, okay, so am I a bad single because I'm not in Africa caring for the widows and the orphan, you know what I mean? Like there was no, there wasn't room for in between. Um, and so there's, yeah, there's just a lot of assumptions I think that people make assuming I'll, you know, I'll be married by the time I'm 30, assuming that I'm unhappy in my singleness, um, assuming that there's something I'm doing or some sin in my life that keeping me from being married. And so, yeah, I think shame has a big, a big place amongst us singles, unfortunately. Yeah. And I think the, my hope with uh, starting to talk about it and hopefully people listening and then starting their own conversations is that people are going to be more aware of the underlying feelings and how their good Mm -hmm. intentions are actually piling shame on people who aren't married Because I would say, and I don't know any kind of actual stats on this, but I would probably say the majority of Christian singles desire to be married. And that, you know, there's probably a wide range of those people who, you know, are choosing different paths, like you know, whether they're really heavily trying to date and meet people or they're not, Uh um, and everything in between, but it's not, I don't know. I guess I just like have had this perspective for myself of, well, sure. I could be married if I wanted to, (laughs) I think really wanted to, but it's not just about marriage. Like if I get married, I want to be really healthy in that. And I want to be like a really good partner with that person. And, and so this idea that if, especially if you've hit a certain age and aren't married, then there like is either something wrong with you, like you said, or you're doing something wrong to not be able to find it, or it could be inconceivable you're afraid of commitment. This. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've heard um, that one. <laughs> so yeah, I just really hope that, yeah, that people's good intentions can start to be understood for, for what it can yeah. actually do. Um, 
I I want to talk specifically with you about um, contentment. So I vividly remember a conversation that we had some time back in like the early early to mid two thousands. Oh gosh, when we were talking about because it was because it was really big. It was really big like for us to hear in our Christian culture and specifically in camping culture, this, um, if you, if you may, if you're content in the Lord, right? Like pursue the Lord, which is great. Pursue the Lord, be content in him. And then you find the man. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Totally. Whole, like, and I, I know as we've soon had as conversations you stop looking. about, yeah. Oh man. The second, yeah. Every girl's testimony was, I stopped looking or I stopped Uh caring and then all of a sudden I met this guy and I know we've talked about the number of times we've played that mental game with the Lord of like, okay, God, I'm content. I really don't (laughs) need a man. I don't need a relationship. And it was really just this mental manipulation. I can speak that I've done that so many times. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, And God sees right through it. Oh yeah. He knows. Um, as if, yeah, we thought he wouldn't get, he wouldn't see underneath <laughs> that. But I remember this conversation where I said to you, I think contentment's a lie in singleness. Like, I think, I think the people that say that can just say it because they are in a relationship now and they're looking back and saying they were content, but I really think it's a lie. And then as we've, you know, there's been decades in between, um, that conversation. And, you know, even you saying in your mid twenties, you were like, I wasn't worried about it. I had really found this, you know, I, I was, and I was hoping for someone and I was content in my singleness. And I know I have found a a deeper contentment these last several years has really, I think led the Lord to, to, put me in this place to speak, but, um, would love to hear kind of your perspective, this conversation in the Christian world about contentment leading to marriage and how that feels and actually is backwards and probably detrimental to us. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I've definitely heard that from so many women over the years, as soon as they stopped looking, that's when they found the guy and, yeah, and I I remember I don't I don't know what if I read something or heard something, but I got to a point where I was like, you know, if I'm being 100% honest with myself, I will never stop wanting this. Like I will never stop wanting to be married and have a family. And that for me was very freeing because I felt like I before that I felt like I was striving, like I was so hard on myself because I have to get to this place where I'm content and that's just not going to happen. Um, and it's like you said, I, there's, there can be both. We have to make space for both. Um, and I think of Paul saying that he's learned the secret of being content and it's Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And we can have these desires and Jesus at the same time. Um, yeah. And it it does make it hard. I think the advice, like you said, the well-meaning advice that we get from people, the unasked for advice can be contradicting to each other. I, you know, I've heard, um, 
you know, you need to put yourself out there. And then I've heard you need to be patient. I've heard, you know, for not for me specifically, but for other girls, like you're dating too much or you're not dating enough. Um, you need to be willing to risk. You need to pray and have more faith. And um, yeah, it's just that that one especially will show up when you stop looking. That one just makes me laugh now and cringe too because that worked for those women and that's great and that's their story, but that's not everyone's story. And again, I think that's where we become very narrow-minded of you know, it's not one size fits all kind of thing. Um, and so I know for me, it was really, really huge when I realized the both aspect that we're talking about, like, I can want this still, and be content. Um, and I think it goes even deeper than singleness, you know, for me, it was just the Lord drawing me closer to his heart and like, learning, like, I can, you know, when I am struggling with anxiety or depression uh, or fear or whatever it is, like I can be feeling those feelings and trust and have faith the Lord is right there with me or, you know, whatever it is, like, it's just so freeing because you're not expected, like the Lord doesn't expect you to get it all together, like to be perfect, to, you know, not have any of those doubts or worries or, you know, whatever it is. and um, yeah, that's kind of that. I I don't know if that was over the course of several years for me or, <laughs> you know, I just, I know that I'm so thankful that the Lord has been teaching me that <clears throat> the last several years. And I think specifically to, to sing that really helps with singleness too, <laughs> that I don't have to stop wanting, you know, a family. So have you found any things that have worked for you? to help you cope with the the sadness or the desires that have kept you like grounded and rooted in Christ and and the truth of you know like you said of not putting marriage and a family on a pedestal but putting you know God on the throne um have you like found any maybe disciplines for yourself or how you're catching your thoughts or redirecting anything Um, yeah, I mean, I, the first thing that popped into my head was a thankful journal. I think practicing gratitude has been a huge, 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 huge thing for me. Um, and I, you know, had heard of someone, um, I don't remember where I heard it, but I, you know, they had a journal and they just numbered and they, like, they would number everything and just write what they're thankful for. And I mean, they were up to like 9,000 and something. And I was just like, oh my gosh, you know, over the course of years, they had this, you know, journal. And I just thought that was so cool. And so I started one. And um, I think that is really, really helpful to, um, you know, I mean, it sounds obvious, but like focus on what we do have and practice that gratitude and not, um, again, not like dwell in pity or woe is me and feeling sorry for myself. I think, yeah, turning outward and focusing on others is always helpful. (laughs) Get your mind off of yourself and um, go do something for others. And um, I know I have, I have friends that have little kids and 
Um, I love going and playing with their kids and just being thankful, like that I have kids in my life that I get to love on. And, um, I remember being at target one time and there was this really cute little teepee thing, like little fort for little girls. And I was like, Oh, I want to get this for my friends, girls. And I, I literally had the thought like, well, it's kind of expensive. So I'll wait until I have my own kids to get something like that. And I was like, why am I waiting? Like, just get the freaking, like, teepee. Yeah. <laughs> we have love to give, so give it. And Those are great. I think the thankfulness journal is a really cool idea. I was just teaching in Colossians to um, some people, and I was – shocked by how in such a short book in such a short letter that Paul includes four different times thankfulness and it's not the only letter that he talks about being thankful I mean that's part of you know you referenced um him talking about contentment and just before he starts talking about contentment he's talking about um not worrying and in that kind of method of of casting your worries on Jesus, he talks about coming with thankfulness. And I think we can forget this piece of like, it does actually shift something. Um, And I, you know, whether that's mental or in our heart or actually like in the supernatural, like there is something, there's power in praising God for what he's done for us and how he's provided. And it does shift something for us. And so yeah, I think that's such a great idea for anyone just generally, but I think especially if you are caught in a spiral of feeling um, kind of swallowed up by the pain of your sadness of your singleness, that um, try it. Yeah, I think it's, even if it's just a daily practice, I think it's really great. Yeah. And there's, there's grace too. Like I definitely, I definitely leave room for those honest conversations, whether it's between me and the Lord or close friends of like, I don't feel so thankful right now, you know, and that's okay too. Um, again, it's just staying in that, in that place. that's not healthy. Um, I think those raw, honest, through my tears, conversations with God that usually happen in my car or late at night when I'm just like in bed, those have been very meaningful because it's when I'm very like, just, Lord, I'm mad at you right now. And I don't understand why (laughs) kind of conversations. And I think that's when we are real with the Lord, he's able to be real with us. Like he's like, yeah, okay. Thank you for sharing that with me. Now let me show you how much I love you. And and by that, I mean, like, just him drawing near to us is all that is. Like, but, you know, I'm not saying the next day you get a date or whatever, but, um, yeah, I just, I think that's really special when you're able to, I don't know, be real. <laughs> Crack open and let, let mm-hmm. it out. Yeah. And I think that goes back to this both thing that we're talking about and the and that you need need both of those parts right you need the outpouring of the emotion and the raw honesty Mm -hmm. and you need the redirection of thankfulness 
and gratitude. So if we're transitioning a little bit, you know, you've mentioned a couple of times of things that people have said to you that haven't been helpful or have actually, you know, helped pile on the shame around singleness. What do you wish people would actually say to you or not say, you know, and I guess the answer could be (laughs) they're just not saying anything, but what do you wish would be different in people's reactions? I mean, just, yeah, don't talk about singleness. (laughs) No, I, uh, I very much am like, if you don't know what to say, just don't say anything. But I think just shift the focus. I wish that more people would just instead of saying like talking about you know are you seeing anyone or I mean it's fine to ask that that's not the issue but like when they do that like you know it'll happen for you too someday or he's out there you know those kind of things I wish that they would just talk about or encourage us in our relationship with the Lord you know they don't even have to talk about a significant other um you know, or I'm praying for a husband for you. Okay, great. Could you actually just pray for something else? (laughs) Like, could you pray for courage or for me? Or could you pray for me to have patience with people? Or, um, yeah, I, I have been, I remember, because we hear a lot from pastors, you know, from the pulpit, like they'll often mention marriage or spouses in their sermons, like even if that's not the topic. Um, And I remember like the first and only time I've ever heard a pastor include singles. Like he was listing something. He was saying like, whether you're married, married with children, um, empty nesters, single. And I literally like, like I almost audibly gasped and was like, oh my gosh, like it's just exciting to feel thought of and included. So that was nice. But, um, you know, I, I've also, um, I think, my biggest pet peeve, honestly, is when I will be like, like talking about someone that's like hard to get along with, or I'm like asking for advice about, you know, I have to spend a lot of time with this person. How do I, and they, their response is, well, wait till you get married. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, like, first of all, I'm not going to marry this person I'm talking about. (laughs) And yeah, like that's, it just feels condescending. And so I just wish that people um, would just not focus on that. Um, And just, yeah, I don't know, encourage us in other areas, like relationship is not the only area of our life that we need prayer or encouragement or patience. Um, So yeah, I think that's, I think that's what I would want. because yeah, we're not, we're not lacking. And that's what those comments make us feel like, you know, whatever positive intention they have, it just sends negative messages. Like we're missing something or I should be sad that I'm not married or. uh, Yeah. So I think just more positivity. I don't know. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Those are great. Thank you. As you have journeyed, you've kind of talked a little bit about your journey with the Lord in this, but how have you seen him, felt him specifically in your own roller coaster around 
your singleness? Oh man. Um, you know, if I believe that God is who he says he is, um, if I believe in his holiness and his authority and his power, then I believe that creation and every creature is caused. Um, we were created on purpose. God initiated relationship with me on purpose. So I, I don't think it's an accident that I'm single. Um, and so I just feel very blessed that I've had this good quality time with God and have been able to get to know him and his character very deeply. And not to say that married people don't know him and his character deeply. It's just a different way to get there. It's a different way to get to know him. And, um, yeah. And so I just, I feel very thankful for that. Um, and I just, I see him working on both sides. Like, you know, we can, I, I talk about like, you know, I wish married folks would stop treating me like I'm inferior or have less in my life, but I also want us singles. Like I, I don't want us to live in bitterness. Um, you know, cause that just keeps us from having that, that peace that Christ offers. And, um, I feel like we can, I know I can miss opportunities if I'm focused on like wishing that my life was something different. I miss leaning into the awesome things that God has all around me. And, um, I just, I see that, like, I know for me, he's teaching me, you know, we hear ultimate satisfaction comes from Christ. Um, and I just, I think it's so cool with my single and married friends that he's just showing us that he has a million different ways, um, to satisfy us. And I just, it's, it's really cool. (laughs) It's really cool. Yes. I love that. That's great. Um, all right. So as we kind of wrap up, uh, and you've given lots of incredible advice and lots of good things for people to process and talk about, but any final thoughts or last bits of advice for anyone listening? Yeah, I guess. Well, okay. I'll, I had this thought earlier. I would say to any of our married friends who are listening, I know so many of my married friends have expressed to me, like, you know, we want, to invite, like, we don't want you to feel like the third wheel. (laughs) And I will tell you guys, like, we are the third wheel and that's okay. Like we're used to that. And like, we, we can decide if we want to be in a position or not. Like if we want to go do that or not. I have like some of the biggest blessings in my life have been when my married friends have invited me into their world like with their husband and their allowed yes. kids and their messy homes and everything like it's one of my favorite things and so like bring those single people in um for the single people um i i think that thankful journal i would i would just encourage anyone to start to think married or not you know i a thankful journal has been really cool for me um and just stop waiting like Christ paid a huge huge price for us to have a relationship with God and so 
lean into that relationship. Um, you know, God has a lot of thoughts and ideas and dreams for your life. So get going, <laughs> see what'll happen. You know, <laughs> we, we don't have to wait. <laughs> no more waiting. Yes, absolutely. There's, I'll give a, a plug. Um, I don't know if you've actually read this book, Allie. There's a book called I Don't Wait Anymore. Yes, I have read that by book. Grace Thornton. Thornton. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, love it. Yes. I absolutely love that book. Okay. And she, yeah, that's her whole premise is she's a single woman and she talks about her journey and how she stopped waiting till she got married to do X, Y, and Z or whatever. And I, yeah, I would say to anyone single who is struggling with that whole concept of, okay, well, I'll go on this trip or I'll buy this thing or I'll do this thing in my life when I'm married, like read the book. It's really incredible. Yes. Yes. And funny story about that book. So I like to write and I have been working on different story ideas and book ideas. And one idea I had was like, I wanted to call it, I don't wait anymore. And cause I love that idea. And I was like, I always Google, um, titles that I think of, cause I want to see if there's already a book titled that. And that's how I found her book was I Googled it. And I was like, Oh, oh that's so she, crazy. Beat she beat me to it. And then I was like, well, I'm going to read this book. So, and it, yeah. It's on my bookshelf. It is so, so good. Well, Ali, thank you so much for sharing your heart and uh, part of your story and just being honest and, and vulnerable. Uh, to our listeners, I truly hope this was encouraging. And I certainly hope that the conversation wouldn't stop here. Um, if you're single and you feel ashamed by that, I pray that you would dig in with God and your trusted friends. Um, to start a journey towards the freedom from shame that truly does await you. Um, because friends, you are valued and loved regardless of your relationship status. I promise you. All right. Well, we'll catch you on another episode of Single and Unashamed.